Hello, everyone. This is Nikki Bruno with the Epic Comeback Podcast, where warrior women who've gone through absolute caca give you advice on getting to the other side of yours. I'm honored and privileged today to have with me as my guest, Maggie Bain, who is known as the Bare Naked Coach. And you will learn more about what that means. Welcome, Maggie. Thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for the invitation. I think it's great. Well, it's a great title. I love Epic Comeback. I think that's terrific. Oh, thank you, Maggie. And I know that you have absolutely got your own Epic Comeback story, which we will definitely get into. For now, I would like to give you the mic to introduce yourself and let us know who you are and where you're from. You live in a fascinating place. And uh, what's, uh, what's up with you these days? What's keeping you busy? Right, right. Well, thank you. So, yes, I'm the Bare Naked Coach. So I'm a sex coach and relationship specialist. I'm an international speaker, author, and I'm also the first sex therapist in the Bahamas. So as you can imagine, that was, uh, as I like to say, punching through the glass ceiling. That was a very powerful and important moment in my life. And so I help, I'm directing it now. I really, I help men and their partners uh, really reignite their intimacy in the bedroom and have more satisfying relationships. So it's very satisfying work for me. That's, um, it's really who I am and takes up a lot of my time. So, yeah, so I'm originally Scottish, went to the Bahamas and I'm speaking to you now on a little tiny island called Jersey in the Channel Islands, very close to France. So there you go. So global. <laughs> you are global. Where in the world is Maggie Bain? <laughs> <laughs> Maggie, I love what you do. I love that people in the Bahamas and beyond the Bahamas for many years are having better sex and better, closer intimacy and relationships because of you. Thank you so much for your work. Thank you. Thank you. I know women are like, you're helping men. But once you understand that the more that I can help men become great lovers, I'm really helping women ultimately. So uh, what better way to get to the root of the problem? That's the way I see it. For sure. I'm completely with you on that. And I, <laughs> I love it for the benefit yeah. of humanity. Absolutely. Like if you work if you help a woman, you're helping her children. If you help a woman, you're helping her community. If you help a man, in, if you help a man with his sexual, re relational, and intimacy skills, you are absolutely helping the women and or men. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> it's very satisfying work. <laughs> only, I can only imagine. So, so Maggie... From sex to the epic comeback, would you please summarize for us what life-shattering situation you went through right. and what was right. the worst part? That's really... The, the, I know. know. And people are probably listening, thinking, wow, that looks amazing, the work that she does. What on earth could possibly have happened? Well, you know, <clears throat> so there I was at really the start of my career in 2009, and I had a background of nursing and had always wanted to be a sex therapist. Went away to Florida, became Florida board certified sex therapist and returned. Didn't know how to start my private practice. So somebody said, best thing is just to see if you can write a column in the paper 
So there I was, never written, started that whole thing. So as you can imagine, I was personally growing and mm -hmm. evolving. And from there, I was invited on radio shows, and then I was offered my own radio show. So at that time, when everything's crumbled instantly overnight, then um, I was having writing on the Thursday and um, doing the radio show on the Tuesday. So things were really happening. I was becoming more recognizable. And a huge part of that um, acceptance ability by the society was my marriage. So <clears throat> like all us good women that are growing and developing, we think, and you know, I just always assume he, he was the partner, wherever you saw one of us, you saw the other one. And so he was a huge part of my credibility, my professional credibility. Um, and then in 2010, came across some lovely juicy sex things, didn't I? So, you know, nothing like a sex therapist finding sex things. So, and I, as I said to my friends, I said, even my clients, I'd never heard such explicit ones as, and so it evolved that he would, you know, it came out that he had an affair very publicly. And, you know, as loving and forgiving as I am, it became apparent that he didn't really have the remorse which remorse is a huge, important part of our forgiveness, of healing. You've got to have that. You've got to know that the other person is experiencing as much pain, if not more, than you. And that's really sure. important. You're going to repair. Yeah. And so uh, it became apparent to me, you know, I've been hit in the side of my head with a baseball bat. And so it became apparent to me over the next three months that that new person was staying because it was a complete change in personality. He'd revealed himself. And so I didn't like that person at all. And the remorse wasn't there. And so it became apparent to me that, and despite uh, I'm a talker, as you can see, and the work that I do, um, there wasn't the cooperation, there wasn't the understanding, there wasn't the, and so both of us decided that we didn't want to be roommates the rest of our lives, because for me, how could I be intimate with somebody I didn't even like? And so there was a lot of, you know, it wasn't an instant thing for me, it became apparent to me that, and it was such an uncomfortable place to be in, from having a really great, what I call silk on silk marriage, to being so uncomfortable and so we decided to be get divorced and so i know your audience are in a similar position or in the lowest points of their catastrophic and that's what it was it was catastrophic but i was so indignant that why should i be the one to move why should i be the one to leave the country because my children were there my children are bahamian and so i stayed for three years as divorced in the house, but the financial things never got sorted. And to this day, he lives in the house with his new wife in what is half my house, as I like to call it. So I've had him in court with that. It's very hard to um, get, get something resolved when you don't have somebody behind you really fighting for your corner. 
And so, and so my lowest points really before I had to come back to the UK um, was during those three years. And so I can really, I have walked the walk to be able to talk the talk. And so I have a deeper understanding now and a deeper compassion for my clients. Mm. But I truly have some really, I call them advanced coping skills that I'd love to pass on to people is that of how to really climb and get out of that. So not only was my personal life destroyed, but my professional life was destroyed. Yeah. Two whammies, two whammies, just like that. Those are whammies. Yeah. Life shattering experiences. Yeah. Yes. Um, Traumatic. Traumatic. Absolutely traumatic experiences. And that is what the epic comeback is all about, is when we we go through traumatic experiences and we learn from them and we become stronger as a result of them. And before we move on to the advice and the pointers that you'd like to pass on, I wanted to take a minute to to talk about getting to the getting to that other side. You know, you had you said you had um, not only was the affair and the ensuing divorce, very difficult and traumatic. You also had a few years where you were still living in the Bahamas mm-hmm. and you said that was kind of the low point. Mm-hmm. And, and it takes what I call warrior energy to, to step through and survive through that kind of trauma. I'm wondering, and you, you started to mention this, what were the best things about getting to that other side? What's the, what was the best thing when you felt like, okay, I can breathe again. Here I am. I'm no longer in. I'm no longer in the trauma. I'm in the process of kind of surpassing it or transcending it. So, what's the best thing about being where you are right now? You mentioned having compassion for your clients, that kind of a thing. Well, I know when we spoke before, Nikki, <coughs> I talk about. Excuse me. <coughs> the important for me, for me, and I pass this on to my clients is that it was at the place where not only from the trenches did I climb up to where I was, had been before this, but it's the rising from that. So it's the rising further and achieving more professionally and personally, and the peace and the joy and the satisfaction that I have now, I'm higher placed than where I started off. And that for me is the victory. That's wonderful. And that, that's what we're aiming for. But the journey, and that's what, you know, being powerful and strong, I mean, I had many moments, many moments, and sometimes I still do, where I'm down, like I'm down. But yeah. as time goes on, when you pass that point of where you were and you're rising up, the dips and dives aren't quite so steep. They're more like waves, which is like everybody. Yeah, that's wonderful. That is wonderful. And I think it has something to do with what we learn with the strength that we gain, even when we don't know that we're gaining it. Because I can say for myself, for most of the time of the of the actual trauma that I went through going through a high conflict divorce, mm-hmm. I wasn't feeling powerful. I wasn't feeling like a warrior necessarily. <laughs> I mean, I had, I had some moments where I knew that that was the case because I was sticking to my I was sticking to my principles. I was sticking to the truth, but I was also flat yeah. on the floor at, at many points during that time. Oh, but, absolutely. But just because we don't feel strong and powerful doesn't mean that 
that those qualities are not building inside of us. And, and that's what you're talking about right now, kind of reaching that point and then rising above that point of where you were before that to me is part of what makes a comeback epic. That's the epic yes. part. Yes, it is. And yeah. it's so sweet. It's so sweet. That's wonderful. <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so not sorry. I'm so glad that, that that has been the case for you. And as you mentioned, you pass that right on to your clients. That is, that is inspirational to your clients. That's empowering to your clients. And they understand that that the place that you're in now, the place of <coughs> enlightening them, helping them, counseling them, and helping them improve their lives, has behind it some really, really rough times for you. Exactly, um, exactly. Because how can we possibly, um, we hear over and over, you know, you can't give in a relationship until you really do your stuff too. I mean, you may remain in a relationship, but I think it's easier if you take the time to really, really, you know, we use the word heal, but it's really learning about ourselves. It's really learning what's good for us and what's not good for us. Mm -hmm. And that through the dark times that you were talking about when you're flat on your back during this, the journey, um, it's listening, it's really feeling and listening. You know, I always tell my clients, I wish I could give you a magic pill. I wish I could wave a wand and everything would be all right. But unfortunately, grief, you have to go with the waves. You have to feel it. You have to just live it step by step. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's not, it's not a process I think that you can rush and it's certainly not a process that you can skip because even if you kind of skip over it and deny and push the, the emotions yeah. down, if, if they're not kind of worked through and resolved to some degree, they're going to come back at you. They're going to stick with you somewhere in 15 years down the road or 15 months down the road or, or however long it's, exactly. it is going to, it's going to come back sort of like, you know, magma beneath the surface of the earth that eventually is going to erupt. It's just a matter of when. And so either we can, either we can kind of can take some agency and even control over our own grief process and be intentional about it, or we can run from it, or we can decide that we're just going to push it down or deny it or whatever. But it's, it's going to have to happen at, it's going to have to happen at some point. You're going to experience the... Yeah, you have to deal with it. And that, that is the painful bit. Because the, the reality of, you know, this is my life and this is what I've been dealt and this is, and you know, it, it's hard, it's painful, it, it's raw, and it can feel brutal, you know, and yeah. all those things. So it's... It's learning from people like you and I that have gone through it, the tips that we can pass on to other women of, of the best way, of best way of surviving, but not just surviving, but how to plan for your future. Yeah. You bet. Well, let's get right to them. Let's get to those tips. So tips right. that well, you I'm would give My coughing has settled down. So that's good. Um, yeah, that so I've written good. down four things here. And so I'm a great one for, you know, the how-tos. So these are from my own personal experience and I still practice all of these all the time. So the first one is, I call it visualize. I'm a big visualizer. So visualize the parcel of hope. 
So, you know, the little emoji with the little parcel, the present with the red bow on top. And I like to describe it as, you know, with the donkey with the, the carrot when it's hanging in front and the donkey keeps on moving in front to try and get it. Well, I see it like that. You know, the, the parcel of hope can keep on moving. So it's at the horizon. So it can be big. It can be right there. Or at times when it gets really dark, the little parcel for me gets really small and can be pinpoint. And in my darkest moment, that, that parcel is gone. And so if there's no hope parcel, then it's hopeless. And with hopeless comes despair. So that I hate that feeling. I hate that feeling of despair and hopelessness. And so I would rather see something that I keep on walking towards. Now, whatever that gift is for me, it's just purely a pretty box with a red bow. But my thing is visualize. So people are like, what is visualizing? You know, if you can daydream, if you can dream, then you can visualize. And as visualizers in life will tell you that the more that you visualize and practice visualizing, then there's a sense that you are walking into your reality. You're walking into your life. So, and when you get there, you're like, well, I've already seen this. I've already dreamt this because you've created it. So my thing is have a parcel of hope and maintain some kind of hope in your life and walk towards it. The second thing is conserve energy. Mm. So conserving energy for me, because probably if you're in the, this moment just now, you've probably got high anxiety. You might be having panic attacks. You've got scattered thoughts. You've got, you're not able to focus and things are just all over the place. So you can spend so much time talking and re regurgitating your story over and over and over again and telling this person and this person and this person and little bits of input and whatever. And it's just like your energy is just gone. So my thing that I did was during those times was I had one friend who was more upbeat. She'd had horrendous stories in her past, but she'd come through it. And so we used to meet like on a Friday afternoon for some cocktails. So not only was it a treat, something I could get dressed up for, it was somebody who I would listen to her story, we would take turns, she would listen to my story, but maybe with a little bit of cocktail, but we would laugh. And so laughing, and so it was something to look forward to without me spending lots of time telling my story to people who either wouldn't understand or had different viewpoints or felt they wanted to help me and fix me and make things better for me, which isn't the solution either. You know, you've got to do it yourself. So that's the thing. So uh, visualize your, um, your package of hope, conserve your energy, try, really, really, really try and uh, maintain a sense of humor. For me, my darkest moments are when I go, I've lost my sense of humor. And I remember quite a long period of time of at least six months or so when I couldn't remember the last time I had a big belly laugh. Yeah. That really disturbed me that I had lost that. And so I thought, well, when am I ever going to laugh again? When am I ever going to be light again? So whatever it is, you know, like they say, you can always find humor in every situation. If there's, if there's something, just find something try and find something to laugh about each, each week, really. 
And my last tip is a very practical one, but a really important one is to plan, plan, plan. Hmm. You know, you've got to have, as people say, your plan B, your plan C, but by planning, then it's very practical of where your future and where you want and where, what your goals are for the next three months, six months, a year. And even if they don't all come to fruition, there's a lovely sense that you're moving forward step by step by step. And that's the really important thing to keep moving. Yeah. Well, and, and having a plan doesn't mean that you necessarily have to follow it to the letter. I think, I think having the plan and actually I, I would, I would combine a bit the ideas of your first tip, having that package of hope with having a plan because that, because it, both of those techniques help to motivate, help to motivate us is, is, visualizing what the future might look like and having a plan toward getting there. I mean, this is what coaches do, you know, yeah. relationship coaches, I'm an empowerment coach, you know, mm -hmm. divorce coaching, any kind of executive coaching, any kind of coaching, because it's really, it's about get moving from point A to point B and creating that vision, creating that plan and moving toward the vision through having a plan. And it's about keeping, keeping us motivated and keeping us um, kind of future oriented as opposed yeah. to, as opposed to stewing in bitterness, despair, et cetera. And there are places for that too, you know, and that's, that's yes. an area for therapy. I mean, we can't deny, yes, we can't deny our feelings or the pain or, yeah, there's definitely, but as for moving out of the trenches, getting yourself onto your knees, pulling yourself to stand up and then to start moving it is so important to now you know every day do a little something whether it is it can be baby steps it can be minute but the sense that i'm trying to get better i'm trying to get out of this i'm trying to i'm trying just to move forward is is so so important that's, I love I love the tips, Maggie. I love them. Oh, and, thank you. Yeah, well, they they're from my own experience. So, um, and I still practice all of those uh, that's all the time. So, yeah, yep. absolutely. Yeah. And that's what makes them. I think that's part of a large part of what makes them powerful because you used them then. You're using them now. And those same the same techniques that kind of take us out of the muck and and move us through and especially beyond the trauma are techniques that you hold on to. And I think that's why, I think that's why, as you were saying, when we, when we make an epic comeback, we live from that point on, we live in, in a kind of um, a mindset and a state where we don't have this, the really strong yeah. valleys and climbs and we're yeah. not kind of constantly going through this Phoenix rising cycle of like burning to, burning <laughs> to the ground and rising from the yeah. But it's, then it's more like, as it's you said, it's, it's more way, like it's way shallower way. We're humans. So this isn't like we're striving for perfection. We're not no. promising you, or we haven't got that, that perfect, perfect. But for me, my lasting thing out of it is, is, you know, we hear all the time gratitude. I am just so grateful to have come through this. I'm so grateful that, um, I am such a strong woman and that people see my strength and feel it. 
and through the authenticity of it, because I don't hide it, I'm transparent. So as you see, so it's, it's the joy that it brings me. So that for me is my, and that's what I work for. That's what I live for is the feeling inside of me of what brings me joy. Because if I'm happy and I can bring joy, then I can pass it on to everybody else and my family and my children. And that is the most important thing for me. So I'm so grateful that I've come out of it. It was a bit dodgy at times, but I came out of it. <laughs> Amen to that. Amen yeah. to the joy. I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. Well, my last question is a little bit of a lighter topic, which is that since we're all about being epic on this podcast, Maggie, if you could have any superpower that you don't already have, what would it be? Wow. wow. If I did, well, I think I have so many superpowers as it is. Um, Gosh, I think my superpower would be where, um, I've, I've said this to some people throughout the last few days, is it's such a shame that money is so important. That if I could make decisions and really work and reach so many people, masses of people, if um, without having to think about budgets and having to think about the, if I, if that was a superpower, I don't know if that really is a superpower, um, but really it's really touching the lives and showing people that it is possible not to be settled, not to be stagnant in their relationships. That you know it was good whilst it lasted, and we're happy to have left them. And we're happy to have moved on. And so it's that rising above. If, if I, the superpower is rising above, you know, mm -hmm. you know those uh, just generating just joy. I think that would be a great thing. I love it. I love it. Maggie, again, thank you for being my guest today. And where can thank you me. find, where can we find you online? How do we follow you? Right. Well, uh, you can find me everywhere on Bare Naked Coach. Okay. So I'm on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, and I have a YouTube channel. I do short two-minute videos, so a lot of how-tos. And so look out for my YouTube channel. So, and of course, my website, barenakedcoach.com. Okay, great. Barenakedcoach.com. Yes, yes. I'm sitting there right now. Great. We've got to improve our relationships, get happier in, in the bedroom. I love it. Alrighty. Well, everyone, yeah. that concludes this episode of the Epic Comeback podcast. For more wonderful ideas on staging an epic comeback in your life after a life-shattering experience or even during one, please visit theepiccomeback.com and bye for now.